Thanks for joining the Ham and New Harvest podcast. Today, Pastor Brian continues the Unpeople series on this Palm Sunday with a message titled, The Unexpected. I'm going to complete this series on unpeople as we catapult ourselves to Easter. Easter is not, not canceled. Jesus is still alive. He still rose, and we're rejoicing because he is alive. Amen? At a time where there's so much talk about sickness and death and dying, and Jesus is alive. He's alive and well. And I'm thanking him for his presence and his grace and his mercy today. I love him. If you wish to be put on the the one call... been been praying with the church several times a week just starting the day that way and if you're interested in being put on the one call if you'll dial 219-845-2056 and just say you would like to be added to that and leave your number uh, we we can do that Uh, this Wednesday I'm going to try instead of doing a prayer call and this may change it depends on how well I can get together uh, last year we did a, a Seder meal, and I'm going to try to do that live where uh, we can do that together. you be in your home, and I'll tell you the ingredients, or you can watch, and we can learn what the Jewish Passover to how Christians celebrate the Passover, how that all points to, to Christ. So we'll be doing that this Wednesday, uh, or doing my best to do it. I may record it and then post it or something. We'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, just I want, I want us to have that opportunity, so just may do something a little different this Wednesday, and then we've been picking up with the, the prayer calls on Wednesday. And uh, it's an awesome time of us staying connected in a time where, where we can feel so disconnected. I want to look at Luke chapter 19. No, no surprise here. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 35. It says, so they, speaking of his disciples, brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Today I want to conclude this series talk about the unexpected. The unexpected. Would you pray with me? Pray for me wherever you are today. Father, we love you today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for just filling this place today. And I'm I'm asking that you fill the hearts and homes of the people that are watching just like you filled this place here today. What a joy it is to join with you. I appreciate joining with brothers and sisters. I miss joining with my brothers and sisters. I miss hugging the neck. 
miss shaking their hands. I miss seeing their faces. But Lord, you're able to, to join with them right now and wrap your arms around them. And I pray you'll do that for each one today. We give you glory and honor and praise today. As we go into this, this holy week where we look ahead to the cross and then to the resurrection and celebrate what you've done for us. We give you praise today. I ask God for your anointing. I can't do this myself. Lord, I, I, I don't have the ability. I don't have the talent. I don't have the skill set. I stand on trembling knees, not knowing who's looking or who's watching. So I ask God that you'll tailor this message to minister to the ear of every listener. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> what, do you what do you think about when you think about expectations or what's expected or things that are unexpected? Several years ago, uh, Debbie, and, Debbie and I and the boys went to Arizona and uh, there, was, there were certain things that I wanted to see. Uh, the first thing I wanted to see was the painted desert. And, and so I had these expectations of, you know, what the painted desert was going to look like. I'd, I'd seen pictures and I'd heard people talk about it. And so I had these big expectations of the painted desert. And, and, and you drive in and, and then you're in there. I mean, because cars are following each other and you're, you, you can't just say, well, I'm going to leave. You, you go through the whole thing. And it takes a few hours to drive through as you stop and you look at the different things of scenery. So I had all these, this, these expectations of what I was going to see when I saw the painted desert. And just a little bit into it, 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 it got old to me kind of quick. And I, I, I started saying, well, I'm, I'm ready to get out of the desert. Uh, we, we're, we're looking at things, and, and I, the boys were, were, were younger. They were hot and tired and and uh, I, I was I was hot and tired, and I'm just I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to go. And, uh, and when we finally got out, I, I I said to Debbie, I said, yeah, that just didn't live up to my expectations. That just didn't that it didn't didn't meet what I was expecting. And and the next day we were going to go to the Grand Canyon, and I and we were we went into a, a Walmart or something. And they had a calendar that had the Grand Canyon on the front. And, and because I had been disappointed, my expectations had been let down that day, I, I said to Debbie, I, I said, man, I, I hope we don't go in the Grand Canyon, just a big hole in the ground. And, and it just kind of, uh, it, it really lowered my expectations. Well, when I saw the Grand Canyon, it, it floored me over and over and over. We spent the whole day driving around the brim where you, where you stop and they have different lookout points. And every time, it, it just blew me away. It, it, it far exceeded what I was expecting. Uh, it, 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 it was just breathtaking over and over and over. See, some, sometimes we, we run into the unexpected and sometimes our, our expectations aren't met. And sometimes our expectations are exceeded. What happens when, when things come along that are unexpected? The, I want to talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world today. The, this coronavirus has come up. It's been very unexpected. I mean, it, it's come on fast, hard, and in a hurry, and, and the unexpected has taken place. And so as we go through all the things that we're facing in the world, we're hearing a lot of expectations. You're hearing a lot of predictions, and everyone's saying, well, this is going to happen next, or get ready for this, or watch out for this, or it's going to be okay. And, and people are, are, are expecting expecting a lot of different outcomes, and we've heard all of these predictions. We hear people say things like, well, very soon it's going to get back to normal. 
Pretty soon baseball season's going to pick up again, or pretty soon we're all going to be having barbecues in our backyard, and crowds are going to be gathering, and, and the church is going to be back to normal. And, and, and then that, that, that's some predictions and some expectations. Other people are saying the, the complete opposite. Get ready, it's the end of the world. Economy's going to collapse, governments are going to fall, and leaders are going to fail. And so you hear both sides, this, these expectations. And I've heard a lot of religious leaders share their expectations. Some, some are saying this is the wrath of God. Others are saying this is the grace of God. Some are saying that, get, get ready, it's preparation for the return of Jesus. So there's, there's all kinds of predictions and there's all kinds of expectations. What are our expectations in times like this? What happens when the unexpected takes place? We've been talking about unpeople, and, and we, we got that from 7up, calling themselves the uncola, which just simply means unique, unlike anything else. We talked about the unnoticed. We talked about the uncertain. Last week, we talked about the unworthy. And today, I want to end this series looking at the most unperson that's ever walked the planet, meaning the most unique person that's ever walked the planet, this, this person, Jesus Christ, because Jesus defined the unexpected. There, there, were, there was expectations about who he was going to be when he came. And, and, when, and the, the angels come to the, to the shepherds and they say, God has been born. Under you, a Savior has been born in Bethlehem, Christ the Lord. Now, what would you think their expectations would be as they follow this star and they, that God has been born, the, the Savior's been born? What, what do you think that they were expecting? And they find him born in, in a barn laying in a manger, and, and the expectation goes, wait, wait a minute, that, that, that's not, not what, I, what I expected. They expected the Messiah to come as a king, and yet he comes as a servant. They expect him to come declare war on Rome, and he comes preaching, love your enemies. They expect him to lead religious crowds, and he hangs out with sinners and outcasts. He was the unexpected. He didn't do what they were expecting. They expected him to lead them to a throne, and he leads him to a cross. The unexpected. The story of the, the triumphal entry is filled with things that, that you don't expect. Things that are happening that you don't expect to unfold as you read it. First, Jesus does the unexpected by the very way he, he presents himself. Up to this point, this is unlike anything he has done to this point in his ministry. Up until this time, Jesus makes it a habit of withdrawing himself. He, 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 you remember his baptism. He, he comes up out of the water and, and, and the dove lands on him. There's this boom voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you think that he is about to be catapulted on the scene and that he is about to make this big name for himself. You think he's going to come out of the water and, and, and step out and just begin ministry. And instead he steps out and he retreats to the wilderness. He seeks no attention. He seems to avoid public display. Matthew says this in 12, 15 through 19. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. That's interesting. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who, who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. Jesus had 
this thing about him where he withdrew himself. And he seemed to kind of hide or step back from the limelight. In Matthew 16, he's with the disciples at Caesarea Philippi. And he says, who do people say I am? They say, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Some say you're John the Baptist. Who do you say I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And in Matthew 16 and 20, he tells his disciples, don't say anything. Don't tell anybody. In Mark 5, he raises the daughter of Jairus from the dead. Raises her from the dead. If I had raised someone from the dead, I'd be like, I, I did that. That's right. I did that. But, but in, in, in Mark 5, 43, he says, don't, don't tell anybody. Don't, don't say anything to anybody. He, he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, and, and his, his robe turns, I mean, becomes glistening white like the sun. And he is having a conversation with two of the greatest Old Testament figures, Moses and Elijah. He's talking to them. And, and Peter said, Man, we got to build three churches right here. We got to build three tabernacles. And, and this voice from heaven again booms This is my beloved son. Hear him. As they're walking off the mountain, he tells his disciples, Don't tell anybody. Don't don't tell anybody what you've just seen and heard. In John 6, he feeds the multitude, and, and they're ready to make him a king right now. He takes a little boy's lunch and feeds thousands. They said, You're, this, this is our king. This is our Messiah. And, and how does he respond to that? He retreats to the mountains alone, and he prays. And so you get this picture that Jesus is avoiding public attention at all costs. He, he's not, a, not, not receiving praise until now, till we get to this triumphal entry. Now he makes a very public appearance in Jerusalem. The city is packed. People have come from all around the world to celebrate Passover. And Jesus now takes complete charge. He gives his disciples specific instructions about where to find a colt that he's going to ride in. He enters Jerusalem and he is the grand marshal of the parade. The crowds are giving him a royal welcome. Let, let's paint the picture. I want you to see what's going on here. Jesus is coming from Bethany. Now what happened in Bethany. He has just raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus has been dead for four days, and Jesus raises him from the dead, and all these people hear about it, many see it, and there's this huge crowd in Bethany with him. They, they, are, they are watching this, this, this rise to, to power. This is our Messiah. This is our King. So there's this crowd that witnesses this, this miracle, and, and as they're following him to Jerusalem, they're singing, and they're waving palm branches, and they're throwing their coats on the road in front of him. The people who are in Jerusalem, people who are in the city, hear this commotion about what's going on outside the city. They hear the chanting. They hear the singing. And, and they're like, what, what in the world is going on? I mean, the, the city's packed. It's crowded. But there's this roar that's coming from outside the city. What is that? that, that that's Jesus. Who? The one that raised Lazarus. The one that he, raising people from the dead. The one that does miracles. The one that's going to be our king. The one that's our Messiah. So now you have this flood of people in the city, and they start pouring out of the city to see Jesus. So you have this large crowd coming from Bethany, this large crowd in Jerusalem, and they meet in the middle, and there's this wave of people. The, the, the historical records say there was somewhere in the area of about 2 million people in Jerusalem at the time of Passover in that year. And so you have this hundreds of thousands of people, quite possibly, pouring into one another to focus on this one figure, this man riding on a donkey, and they are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Bl Hosanna, save us now. This mob of people are, are running to him 
him, the Pharisees are angry and they say the whole world is going after him. They feel their power loose. And, and, and the people have an expectation. They're expecting Jesus to overthrow Rome. They're expecting him to be a conqueror. They're expecting him to be their champion. And they're crying, Hosanna, save us now. But Jesus came to do the unexpected. Let's talk. Right now, we're living in a dark time. The world is reeling from all that's going on. And the prayer of God's people is, save us now. Hosanna, save us now. God, we're asking you to break the virus. God, we're asking you to break the sickness. God, we're asking you to restore the economy. God, we're asking you for relief. We're asking you to do what we can't do. And we have these expectations how God is going to, to hear our prayers. But I want to say something. God wants to do more than just give us a temporary relief from a coronavirus. He wants to bring you into a relationship with Him. He wants to do something so unexpected in your life. We, we all want relief and we want things to return to normal. But my prayer is that we'll come through this with an encounter with God to where there's never going to be normal again. We come through this unlike we've ever been before. Where normal isn't normal. And I'm not the least bit interested in the church going back to the status quo. We are reaching thousands of people over the airways. I'm not the least bit interested in us just coming back in and acting like nothing ever happened. What would happen if we come through this looking back at this dark time and saying that was the time when God was more real to me than ever before. That was the time that I realized God is my sustainer. That's when I realized that God is my hope. I felt the comfort of God during that time more than any other time in my life. I should have been so discouraged and yet I was so encouraged. I felt the presence of the Lord more at that time than ever before. I thought things would go back to normal, but after I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, I don't even know what normal is anymore. That's my prayer. I want him to go beyond our expectations to where we come through this and we realize the breathtaking awesomeness of the God that we serve. And we say, wow, that wasn't what I expected. The people expected a conqueror. Jesus comes in riding on a donkey. A conquering king rides into the city on a horse. But a king who rides in on a donkey is coming in peace. And I want to tell someone that this king, Jesus, can give you peace. In times like this, you can have peace. In the middle of all this uncertainty, you can have peace. In the middle of all this sickness, you can have peace. In the middle of all of your questions, you can have peace. Here's what the Bible says in John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you peace as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. In John 14 and 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Let that sink in. That, I, I didn't write it. 
That's not just a pep talk. Don't worry, don't worry. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 3 and 15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. In Psalm 29, 11, he said, The Lord gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses His people with peace. In Psalm 119 and 165, he says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. You can have peace of God in this. At the end of the year, Dr. Tony Evans, his wife Lois, passed away, and heart breaks for him. He's, he's ministered to the church of God, and he, I've, I've received ministry from his sermons. One of his illustrations talks about him and his wife would host a, a cruise for, for pastors and their wives. And uh, he said they were in the middle of, of this, one of the cruises, and, and they ran into a, a tropical storm. And he said the boat was, was being thrown everywhere. And he said his wife, Lois, just, she, she became very upset and, and, and called the captain of the ship and said, look, I feel responsible for these people. And, and what are we going to do? We're in the middle of this storm. And, and he said, the captain said, now, Mrs. Evans, one thing you need to understand, first of all, this ship was built with this storm in mind. This ship is going to make it through this storm. Second of all, I'm the captain of this ship, and I'm going to be up all night. There's no need in both of us being up. You need to go to bed, get some peace, and get some rest. And I want to tell somebody today, right now our world is in a storm, but this ship, Jesus Christ was built with this storm in mind. We're going to make it through this. And I want to tell you, the captain, Jesus Christ, is up all night. There's no need in you worrying too. He's got this thing. So the crowd is singing his praises because of their expectation. They didn't really understand who they were really praising. What's it really mean to praise him? They, they sang, they shouted, they danced. You, you couldn't, couldn't, we're bouncing and raising our hands in here. Just, But something, something about praise and worship goes beyond just the religious action of it. We, we, we talk about going to worship or attending worship, lifting our hands or singing or dancing or praising or bouncing. The, the, the crowd is doing the actions of praise, but they, they didn't really get it. What is real praise? See, real praise is more than a song. Real praise is more than a bounce. It's more than a dance. It's more than raising our hands or religious activity. Real praise and real worship is how we live our lives. And, it, and it's always tied to sacrifice. In Romans 12 and 1, Paul says, I, I, I beg you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, and, and I like the translation. So that's your reasonable act of worship, where we live our lives in sacrifice. That, that's real praise. Real praise is praying for the sick. Real praise is offering encouragement to the discouraged. Real praise is, is lifting up the broken. Real praise is ministering to the needy. Real praise is loving that person that feels like they are so unlovable. Real praise is how you treat your spouse. Real praise is how you love your children. Real praise is how you honor the elderly, how you honor your parents. It's looking for someone who's at the end of their rope and giving them hope. That, that's real praise. See, it, it's not just being a cheerleader for God. It's representing Him to the world that's watching us. It's forgiving when you've been wronged. It's 
asking forgiveness when you've wronged others. It's loving when, when you've been hurt. It, it, it's loving those who, who hate you. It's reaching out when you don't know how you're going to be received. That's real worship. That's real praise. We haven't been able to gather together in the church. We haven't been able to sing together or lift our hands together or fellowship together. But don't think for a minute that praise and worship has stopped. It's still going. How do you know? Because people are still looking for the opportunity to minister. People are still calling one another. People are still praying for one another. People are still reaching out for one another. People are still encouraging one another. People are still doing ministry, and that's real praise and worship. Why do we do that? Because He's our King. Jesus is riding through this sea of people, and they're singing praise to Him. Now, you would think that He would just be taking all this in. But again, He does the unexpected. He begins to weep. Luke 19.41, as he came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead and he began to weep. In the middle of their praise, in the middle of their songs, in the middle of their adoration, the one that they're honoring has tears running down his face. Why? He knows that this is their opportunity and they're missing it. In five days, this same crowd is going to do the unexpected. The crowd that's shouting, hail Jesus, hail Jesus, is going to shout, nail Jesus, nail Jesus. The same crowd that is hailing them as their king is going to reject him in a few days. I don't have all the answers to all the things that's going on. It's above my pay grade. I'm, I'm not a prophecy preacher. I know that you can find them everywhere now, every every. Preacher seems to know, have known this was coming. I didn't. Caught me by surprise. I wish I could say the Lord spoke to me six months ago and told me what was going to happen. It's above my pay grade. I know where I'm at now. And I believe he's calling out to this world. He's calling us to put our trust in Jesus. See, politicians don't seem to have the answer. Stock market seems to be reeling. Athletes and entertainers have lost our attention and our focus. And I wonder if we realize that this is our opportunity. Will we miss it? Let me ask you a sobering question, and I, I ask this to myself, and I, I want you to think about it. If the Lord is looking at us, He was looking at that crowd, and He knew how they were going to act a few days later. If the Lord is looking at us, at how we're going to act when this is all over, I wonder if he'll be weeping. I wonder if he looks at us and says, this is your opportunity. Don't miss it. Something struck me. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus' disciples said, are you now going to restore the kingdom? Because we, we're, we're, we want out of this. We're, we're ready for this to be over. We're not looking for persecution. We're not looking for hard times. We're, we're not, we, the, 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 they're rejecting us. They're persecuting. They don't want us. We're ready to go. We're ready to exit. And Jesus doesn't call them to exit the culture. He calls them to engage. So I want you to go in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Let me talk to you a minute. Right now, we can focus on the last days. We can focus on the end of the world. We can focus on the return of Christ, the rapture of the church, however you want to word it. And all of that, I, I, I believe Jesus is coming again. But the challenge is this. If we're not careful, we can withdraw into our homes and pack our bags and say, well, the Lord's getting ready to come. 
And that's expected. We, 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 we can wait for it all to end and look for our exit. But what if he's calling us to be unpeople? Not unnoticed, not uncertain, not unworthy. What if he's calling us to do the unexpected at times like this? Because right now, what's expected is that we just withdraw ourselves and close ourselves in and say, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to hide here until it gets better. But what if instead he's looking for us to engage the world around us? I, we, 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 we can't gather together. We, we, we have to follow social distancing. But we can pray for each other like never before. We can encourage each other like never before. We can get closer to God than we ever have before. What if the things that we, we look around and instead of being gripped with fear... We're gripped with the unexpected thing is to have a peace and a joy and a song and a praise. It's expected that right now we would hide our face and say, God, where are you? But what if we do the unexpected thing and say, God, we praise you? Because the same God that's God in the good times is the God in the bad times. He's with me now. He hasn't leaving. He hasn't forsaken. He, he, he's with us even to the very end. What if God's not ready for us to hide in our four walls and just wait for this to blow over? What if He's calling His people to shine like never before with the love of Jesus Christ? What if this is our opportunity? What if this is our moment? What if this is our time? What if He has raised you up for such a time as this? That while the world is needing help and comfort and love and encouragement, they can look back at this time and say, man, I realized then how much God loved me. How'd you know? Because the people of God showed me how much He loved me. Will you give Him praise in this place? Come to the music. I want to pray with you. I want to tell you I love you. I want to tell you I appreciate you. And we're praying for you and we're praying for each other. And I don't want to miss my moment. I don't want to miss our opportunity. And it's while we're praying, Hosanna, save us now. What if he's wanting to do something completely unexpected? It goes far beyond what we're asking. Not temporary relief. Not a bounce back in our economy. But a life-changing encounter with Him. What if what He wants to do goes so far beyond and above your expectations that it blows your mind and again and again you say, wow, I, this is not what I expected. And you're in awe of the beauty of His glory as He reveals it in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we love You today. Thank You. Lord, You go above and beyond our, our expectations. You never disappoint. What You have in store is exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think we think we know what we want. We think we want everything to go back to normal. God, we don't want to go back to the status quo. We want life-changing encounters with you that we draw closer to you than ever before and that we draw closer to each other than ever before. We love you today. Father, I pray for those that are sick. 
I pray for those that are affected by this virus. God, I pray for those that are sick that don't have the virus. God, we give you praise for things that you've done this week. Thank you for bringing Mark home. Thank you for bringing Zay home. Minister to them. Minister to their family. Father, I pray you touch Angie. Lay your hand on her. Touch Steve this morning. Lay your hand on him. Touch Miss Betty this morning. God, I ask you to lay your hand on her. God, go to the hospital room and minister to Gus. Encourage Roberta today. Lay your hand on them. Strengthen them. Minister to them. Touch Kathy Pinnell. Touch her brother. Minister to them today, we pray. God, so many things we have to pray about. God, I thank you for people who join together in prayer. God, those that have just reached out. God, I thank you for Charles and Betty just reaching out. I thank you for Gary and Mary reaching out. God, I, I thank you for the hearts and lives of people. I thank you for faithfulness. God, I pray you touch Tom Culver this morning. Strengthen his body. Minister to him. I love you today. I thank you for your presence in this place. I ask God that you'll minister to every person that's watching now. That you'll step into every home, minister to every life. God, do the unexpected. Go beyond our expectations. Go beyond what we're asking you to do and amaze us with who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We sure do appreciate you. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hammond New Harvest. We're the perfect church for people who aren't.